Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55. You'll find it on page 742. We read from the sixth verse of Isaiah 55. Hear the word of God. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. And uh, now John is going to read to us uh, from Second Kings chapter 5. So our second reading is taken from 2 Kings chapter 5, can be found on page 373 in the Pew Bible, and it's an account of Naaman's uh, leprosy and the healing of that. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master, and he was highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him, what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king said of Aram. Aram replied, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shackles of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you, 
so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Make the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his Lord God, wave his hand over the spot and cure my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farfar the rivers of Damascus better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and he said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. Amen to this reading from God's Word. Today I want to tell you a story. Perhaps it's the most important story you will ever hear in all your life. It's about a Syrian soldier not any old soldier, an important soldier from an important army of an important country. Now, this important soldier, and this is important, had everything his heart could possibly desire. He had a lovely home with a lovely wife. He lived in a lovely city with lovely rivers. He had lots of lovely money. And his wife even had her own maidservant. He was loved by his men, and he was loved by the king. But there was one problem, and that problem made everything else seem not so lovely. He had leprosy. And leprosy was a disease that no one could cure. It was a disease which would cause his separation from other people and eventually kill him. 
One day, Naaman's wife was talking about this problem to her maidservant who had been seized from the neighboring country of Israel. If only my master were able to meet the prophet from my home country, she said. He would cure him of his disease. So on the basis of her testimony, Naaman went to the king of Syria, who gave him a letter for Naaman to take to the king of Israel. Taking with him stacks of silver, a quarter of a million pounds worth of gold, and ten changes of clothing, he brought the letter from the king of Syria to the king of Israel, since that's where important men would go in order to be healed. But the king of Israel wasn't impressed. In fact, he was distressed. Am I God, he lamented, to kill and make alive? The king of Syria only wants to pick a fight with me by asking me to heal this soldier of leprosy. But Naaman wasn't wanting to fight. He only wanted to be cured. Fortunately, at that moment, word came to Elisha, the prophet, the maidservant had mentioned to his wife. Send him here, and Naaman will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went to Elisha's house with all his entourage and stood at Elisha's front door. Surely the prophet will rush out to heal him. But Elisha didn't come out to meet this important soldier from an important army of this important country. Instead, he sent a messenger to say, go and wash in the river Jordan seven times and you will be healed. Doesn't Elisha know who I am, raged Naaman? I'm a very important soldier from a very important army from a very important country, and he's insulting me by telling me to wash in an unimportant stinking stream. So he stormed off in a rage, furious that Elisha hadn't even come out to wave his hand and cure him of his disease. My Lord, said his brave servants. My Lord, if the prophet had asked you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? Paid him lots of money, gone on a pilgrimage, done lots of good deeds, run a marathon? Of course you would, my Lord. You would have done anything he would have requested. But because he's asked you to do something you weren't expecting, and what sounds a bit humiliating, you've said no. Naaman, it would seem, would rather remain sick and keep his pride than stoop down and wash in that stream and live. You're right, said Naaman. And so in humility and trust, he removed his fine clothes and with them his importance and revealed his dying leprous body for all to see. He held his breath and held his nose as he dipped down into the Jordan River just as he had been told 
seven times and rose up perfectly clean. This is an important story. Perhaps the most important story you will ever hear. Because although this story happened 2,750 years ago, it was pointing forward to another story where the central character is not a sick soldier, but you and me. All may seem fine. You might live in a lovely home and have a lovely family. You may live in a lovely city and have lots of lovely money. All may be good except for one thing. You and me have a terminal disease, which Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us has affected us all. It's called sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This spiritual sickness will eventually kill us unless, that is, we find a cure. But there is a man who is able to cure us all from this terrible disease which destroys our lives and separates us from other people and God. The thing is, it comes from an unexpected source. We can't pay for it. We can't buy it with our gifts. We can't say how important we are. All we have to do is, like this important soldier, to seek this person, to do what he has got to say, and to wash. Wash in the life-giving stream which flowed when Jesus, God's perfect Son, died on the cross. Wash in that life-giving stream and live. But you protest. Surely there is another way a less humiliating way than turning from sin and turning to God. Many storm off in a rage, preferring to remain sick than submit to the way of the cross. But how irresponsible it would be if there was a way to experience healing and wholeness, but no one mentioned where it could come from. How wrong it would be if we knew the way of cleansing and life from death, but refused to share it with those who need to know. Today you have heard an important story. Perhaps the most important story you will ever hear in your life. It's a story about our terrible disease called sin and the only way it can be cured. Not by ignoring it. That way it will only spread. Not by trying to get rid of it by our own efforts. 
not by paying lots of money or working hard to please God or to do a whole lot of things, but by trusting Jesus and doing what He says, submitting to what He has done for us on the cross, letting Him wash us clean and leading us on the road of discipleship. We're going to pray. And if by any chance God, by His Holy Spirit, has been speaking to you this morning, then this is the right moment to do something about it. Not sometime, not later. Just like a soldier in battle, we don't know what tomorrow will bring or what is around the corner. And so our response to Christ Jesus must be right now. I'm going to offer something I don't often suggest, but it is this. In the quietness of these few moments and with every eye shut, I'm going to invite any for whom this has been the most important story you have ever heard and who now want to get right with God and find cleansing from sin to raise your hand just where you are seated. Raise your hand right now so that I can see you. And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Please put your hand down now. By doing that, you have indicated your willingness to be earnest before God and to be counted. Heavenly Father, it's a bit humiliating to admit that I am a sinner, a sinner who falls short of the glory of God. I recognize that the wages of sin is death, and I deserve nothing but separation from yourself forever. But Heavenly Father, I also am delighted to hear that there is a Savior, a Savior in Christ Jesus, and that the gift of God is eternal life to all who believe. As I turn to Him right now from all my pride and rebellion and past indifference, please Will you cleanse me? On account of the Lord Jesus' death in my place and for my sake, please wash me clean and make me whole. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and enable me to know the joy of your salvation. And what I ask is for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, let's continue in prayer now as we bring our requests to the Lord. Let's all pray. Our Father in heaven, we praise you this morning that you are strong to save. 
As we remembered the sacrifice of those who died in the two world wars, we thank you for your goodness to this country, to our people, and to our families. And today we look back with thankfulness, especially for how injustice was defeated. And Father, thank you too for how we've remembered how you healed Naaman, the soldier of his diseased skin. And how we've remembered the picture that that gives us of the deeper healing you offer for our diseased hearts. Lord, we cry out to you on this Remembrance Sunday. Please heal us completely. We remember our baptisms, and we ask that you would remember your promise to wash away our uncleanness through the living water that flowed from Jesus' side. We long to stand before him as you intend us to be, as his beautiful bride, clean, pure, and holy. So, Father, wash us clean, we pray. And, Father, on this morning especially, we remember that our world is not the way that it ought to be. And so we want to pray for our institutions in our society that you use to restrain evil. We pray for our government and ask that you use our legislators to make good laws for us that would enact the justice that you seek. We pray that you'd restrain those who want to disrupt the peace that we enjoy here in Northern Ireland. Please hold them back. We pray for our armed forces and the police service of Northern Ireland. Please, would the use of force that they have to make be proportionate? Would it be intelligent? would it always be accompanied by mercy we pray especially for those uh, who are involved in the forces who are connected to our congregation and ask lord that you'd give them safety and a good influence in the situations that they're in we've already remembered our uh, chaplains that serve from the presbyterian church of ireland in the forces Uh, but lord we want to particularly bring them before you again this morning So we pray for our nine army chaplains and the chaplains who serve in each of the Royal Navy and the Royal Air Force. Father, we particularly pray for Ivan Linton, who's just back from a year-long and gruelling tour of duty in Afghanistan. Please help him to process all that he's seen uh, and please equip him for new works of service as he returns home. We pray for Graham McConville and Heather Rendell, who are serving in Germany. And for Philip Wilson, who's ministering to an RAF station that is in a state of high readiness with regular fighter jet deployments all around the world. And Father, we pray too for Colin Jones and Paul Swin as they transition to new roles. Father, we want to remember today those who are grieving. Father, please be with those who are grieving the loss of loved ones in conflicts or in other ways. And Father, we want to pray for our brothers and sisters in First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs in Texas, who last week mourned the loss or began to mourn the loss of 26 people in their church community so brutally killed. And Father, we want to pray too for the war-torn country of South Sudan today. Lord, the United Nations has said that 1.25 million people in that nation are facing starvation and displacement from their homes. Father, thank you that whatever the United Nations knows, thank you that you know each person in that country intimately. Thank you that you made them, that they bear your image, 
And so we pray for them that you'd give them their daily bread. We thank you for the aid agencies that are working in South Sudan and the neighboring countries. Thank you for the way they're providing assistance for refugees. And so we pray that you'd use them to provide relief. Please give these people food and shelter. We pray for those in authority in South Sudan and the surrounding region. Please would they do their utmost to end all the violence and wrongdoing and to begin peace talks. Bring an end to that conflict, we pray. Lord, as we pray this morning, we recognize our weakness in the face of so much evil. And so, Father, we praise you for the one who laid down his life for his friends and who rose again. Thank you that his love is stronger than death. And so, Father, we pray that the good news of the kingdom of heaven would prosper. We pray for the work of this church, for our minister, for our associate minister, for our Kirk session, for uh, the children and young people growing up in this congregation, that they would learn the ways of the Lord, for our Bible study groups and other ministries as we seek to instruct each other in your truth. We pray for each member of this congregation as we go out this week that you would enable us to be a witness to the saving message of the Lord Jesus Christ and his powerful love. And finally, Father, we pray, come, Lord Jesus. Come and bring justice for your chosen ones who cry out to you night and day. And we draw our prayers together by saying together the words of the Lord's Prayer. They're coming up on the screens if you don't know them. We say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.